Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Stars Matter, part of the Until Saturday feed. And today is a very strange episode because you're not hearing the voice of Mitch Light. You're hearing my voice. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami beat writer and host of the Wide Right Podcast for The Athletic, also known as the embattled youth soccer coach. He's going to be getting a free trip from Ari Wasserman to SeaWorld when Florida State (laughs) shocks the world and finishes with the number one recruiting class in the country. Ari, how are you doing? Uh, How was your visit to TCU last week and to watch Texas? And how weird is it to record Stars Matter without your boy, Mitch? Did you write that or did you? was that just like smooth? Because you're a natural, bud. That was a <laughs> well, really good intro. Like Mitch is just like, welcome to Stars Matter. Oh. <laughs> like, that was good. <laughs> uh, I have some we'll, notes. I have some notes. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll miss Mitch. Um, he's on a trip to visit his daughter and I hope he has a good time. But uh, yeah, that TCU Texas game was terrible. It was like four hours long. And it felt like I was covering the Super Bowl, and then like it was a boring snooze fest for three and a half hours of it. And then when we got down to the field, Texas almost lost somehow. Um, but I got a good story out of it. I always love going to games and you know seeing colleagues and having a good time. And I thought uh, the column got a little lost in the shuffle there because Jimbo Fisher got fired the following morning, and I was up till 3 a.m. But you know, my dogs are still ready for a potential birth in the college football playoff. And that's when I uh, ride off onto the sunset with my shirt off on the back of a horse, flipping the bourbon, everybody who said that it was uh, impossible. So two more games. I'm a little bit nervous about this Iowa state game. I'm not going to lie, uh, but I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to be heard again, but I'm also just want to gloat. Just God, let me gloat. Well, Mitch, as you mentioned, is on his way to Spain uh, to visit his daughter. So that's why he's not here this week. We'll miss him. Of course, his excellent trivia questions that he always brings us. Uh, Most of the time, uh, Mitch is right with his trivia. The good news is uh, that while Mitch isn't here today, Grace Rayner is back from her trip to North Carolina, where she was embedded with the Tar Heels recruiting department. So she got to see some really interesting stuff. As you know, Ari Grace writes the best recruiting stories. Mm -hmm. uh, And she also convinces recruits she writes about to decommit a couple months Mm -hmm. months later. So it's kind of like a little side hustle for her. It's the Grace Rayner Madden curse. Like, what is happening? (laughs) It happened again this week. It did? Who was it? Yes. I was a Washington State kid. This is like the fourth time that it's happened in in the last like six weeks. If you get a recruiting profile written uh, by Grace Rayner that and you're excited, uh, don't be excited because that kid will not sign with you. People should have me start writing about their rivals and then they'll just – yeah, this one – I can't remember what what the total number is, but it's it's higher than I would like. This week it was uh, Trey Davis at Washington State. Grace, are there any secrets you can share with Billy Napier at Florida that maybe, you know, can get him to stop guys from decommitting? Is there anything <laughs> you can share with them? Because they're kind of bleeding right now at Florida. Yeah, I'm, I've been playing catch up a little bit because I was sort of in the weeds in Chapel Hill this weekend. But what's going on there? They've got they've had, what did you say, three this week? Three since the weekend. Uh, so, yeah, three of their best recruits. And uh, they've now slipped past Florida State, who's now number three in the uh, 247 composite team ranking. So it's been a rough week for the Gators, and, and it could get worse. We're going to talk about that 
a little bit here uh, in a few minutes. But before we go any further with today's show, I'm reminding you to make sure you follow the podcast on Apple or wherever it is that you download your podcast. Drop us a five-star review. Leave us a question with your review. We will answer it on the show. You can also subscribe to Until Saturday on YouTube. Make sure you tune in every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday throughout the season as we preview and react to games. Ari, David Ubin, Nicole Auerbach, Max Olson, Sam Kahn, uh, Chris Vanini, our entire squad of five-star reporters. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, our listeners, Sunday Sound Off with Ari and Dave is uh, what the kids call fire. Uh, some people think it's dope. Some people say it's Gucci. I just I love being a part of that show and listening to it because Ari is Ari is so entertaining. His takes are always fire, and, Thanks, and I man. love the the fan interaction. It's really good. I got to be on there a couple weekends ago. I know Grace, you've been on there too. So it's it's to me, it's the best show that we do. Um, just make sure to leave a, a voicemail. You can text until Saturday. The phone number is three one six four six two. 9852. You can sign up for our Until Saturday newsletter, uh, newsletter which I actually was a part of recently. Uh, Jana, Jana Bardal actually does it most weeks, uh, most days for us. Uh, she'll fill your inbox with everything you need to know if you sign up for the Until Saturday newsletter. So this is the part of the show when Mitch usually says we've got a good show. So I'm just, I'm out of adjectives. I'm not going to say good show. I'm just going to say it'll be an interesting show because I think there's a lot of interesting things going on in college football right now. A lot to get to. Uh, we've seen some pretty big flips on the recruiting trail of late. We've seen some decommitments, as we mentioned. It's only going to pick up more steam uh, here in the next couple of weeks as we close in on National Signing Day. Uh, I'm going to share some of that news in a bit. But Ari, let's start with the biggest, I don't know, boulder, if you will, what you wrote about for The Athletic today. That's Texas A&M's coaching vacancy after Jimbo Fisher got fired. I want to ask you and then Grace basically the same two questions. If you were Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork, uh, who besides Nick Saban and Kirby Smart would you go out and get to push the Aggies to the mountaintop of college football? Secondly, can anyone win a national championship in College Station if Texas is good? Woo! <laughs> I, I uh, Manny, you're just tap dancing around us, man. I don't even know. I can't even look at you. Uh, it is so good. Um, okay, let me back up a little bit because. I have to say, I wrote a column on Wednesday, and I had a hot take. We're up to 200 comments already. Uh, two days removed after a story that I had had 1,000 comments. Like, we are going to break the algorithm you on are, The Athletic, dude. <laughs> I'm, like, firing people up this week. But I actually believe, and you guys tell me if you think I'm nuts, that Texas A&M is a top 10 job, and I would listen to anybody who wanted to tell me that A&M was a top 5 job in America. And I have um, – a two-pronged approach for the reasoning of this. First, um, it has everything that any program could possibly need to win a national championship already in place. You have the geography. You have uh, proximity to talent, which are the same thing. You have an administration that is desperate to win and is loaded. You have an NIL situation that's fully functional. You have a Stadium that seats uh, a top five attendance every week and that fills even when the team isn't very good. And it rocks, gotta, by the way. Yeah, it does. It's a very, very <laughs> loud place. I've never seen a game there, and it's sad. I want to go see that. You haven't? Uh-uh. Oh, wow. Um, the press box literally shakes. Yeah, the talent on the roster is uh, already in place if they can keep it. And there are very few programs that have every single thing that you would possibly need to be successful. We can agree on that. Mm -hmm. Secondly, if you are a head coach, whether it's a successful coach somewhere else or an up and coming coach, 
you look at Texas A&M and you will resolve what could happen there. One, which is you are the first coach to ever win there and they build a bronze statue of you outside of Kyle Field. Or two, you suck ass at the job. <laughs> you made enough money for your grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren to go to prom. Like, I don't know the, the, the downside here. Um, and I know that Jimbo Fisher's heart is probably broken. If you are a passionate football coach who already had a ton of money, you might not have the hole in your heart filled by more paychecks. I, I read a stat that he will make $13,000 every day before lunch, uh, like the next wow. years or something. Um, but it seems to me to be a highly attractive place. Now, um, the thing that I don't know is why has it been bad for so many years there? Um, is there something to do with overbearing boosters or lack of leadership at the top? I know they've had four different university presidents during Ross Bjork's four-year stint there as the athletic director so far. There are things that might be working against the head coach um, that would stop AM from winning big. But I see a place that is a car that's already ready to be driven that could legitimately win a national championship in year one or even year two, maybe not year one, year two with the right coach. That was a long preamble to me saying, I think I would go boring here, guys. Okay. I think I would go boring. I I think Jeff trailer at UTSA has already proven that he can build um, a program in the state of Texas. He has a deep rooted connection to the state of Texas, and he is a pretty well-respected game day coach. Like I think that he would do a tremendous job. And like, I saw all the things about like, Dabo Sweeney yesterday, and I almost like spit my drink out onto my computer screen. Like, not only do I think that that can't happen, I also think that would be like the worst possible hire I've ever seen. It would be sexy, it would be exciting, people would get excited about it. But it's like, okay, yeah, let's go hire the dude that doesn't like NIL that much and doesn't use a transfer portal to go to a place that is all balls to the wall about NIL and needs to use the transfer portal in order to maybe order to maintain whatever it is it may lose as a result of this. So also not sure that hiring a coach that's on the downswing or not maybe the downswing, but is coming off of a bad year doesn't like remind you of Jimbo Fisher back in 2017. So the column I wrote basically is it's a top five job in America and they might be able to surprise you. We are two years away or removed from Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC and Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU and Mario Cristobal leaving Oregon from for Miami, as you know quite well, Manny. Yeah. If there are coaches that are well-respected that aren't on all these coaching lists that wind up at A&M, I would not be shocked based on all the things I just said about the potential there. Um, but I also don't know if they need to get a sexy, big-name rock star. I think they might just need to get a really good coach. And I think Trailer kind of checks all the boxes and it might just be the, what the doctor ordered for A&M. So sorry for talking for four minutes, but I think it's a very complex issue. And if you don't think that Texas A&M is a top 10 job in America, I will fight you over it. <laughs> <laughs> be prepared. Be prepared. Grace brought her boxing gloves today. Jesus. Grace, always, Yeah. Was that long winded? No, no but you're you, like, I'm ready to fight you. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I just like, I've been reading comments all morning and I just like my head just this yeah. one. You, when, you, at what point do you stop reading comments? Do you read them all? I read a lot of them, yeah. I, I, I stopped reading them. Like you had a thousand on the other day. day. Because a thousand was a little bit much. And yeah, most of them lot. are just people arguing with each other. Yeah. But I do like to read. I don't read the replies, really. I only read the original comments so I can know what right. the person was thinking. Um, Monday was draining. 
I shouldn't have done. I spent a lot of time reading the comments on Monday. And we have a few com, uh, coworkers, colleagues who just don't read them ever at all. And I wish I had the self-discipline too. But at the same time, I want to know if what I wrote is being well-received or not. You know, it's a interesting dynamic. But anyway, go ahead, Grace. I'm not going to talk for five minutes now. So it's all up to you guys. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think it's a top 10 job. I don't know that I'm confident it's a top five job, but I was telling Manny before we started recording, my first and hopefully only call if I was Texas A&M would be to Mike Elko. Like, I just think that it's a slam dunk. He's got experience there. He's proven. If you can win at Duke, you can win anywhere. Um, He's young. He's right in the middle, I think, of like a boring and a sexy hire. He like straddles that line perfectly. And I just like that would be the obvious no-brainer to me. I'm glad you guys have like taking this approach because mine mine is kind of different and, and we've got three different opinions here of what we think works at Texas AM. I'm actually nervous. If you say Urban Meyer, I'm hanging up. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm not I'm not saying Urban Meyer, but it's okay. it's certainly like in that class. Um I know I'm where saying, this is going. I, I'm saying Deion Sanders. And here's why, Ari, here's why. Um Deion Sanders went to Colorado and obviously that program was not ready to win. I don't think Deion Sanders is a builder. I think he's a guy that you inject into the middle of the SEC, let him hire a really good offensive and defensive coordinator, and just let him go try to hire join. Hire in the middle of the year? Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean in the offseason, but you know what I mean. Like, just Yeah, demote him like they did with Sean Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> let, him, let him try to get into group A because I think Texas – look, Texas A&M's problem hasn't been talent, but I think if you're ever going to get into group A, right, if you're ever going to join the Ohio States and – the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. Um, you need somebody who can take you there and just take some of their players away from them. And I think Dion, in a fully built tank like Texas A&M is, can actually go to war with these guys and win because he is the kind of guy who can recruit and convince players not to go to Alabama in Georgia and Georgia if he was in a position like Texas A&M. He can't do that at Colorado. Not everybody's going to buy into going out there and playing at Colorado. Um, transfers aren't going to do it either. They don't want to go you know, play for a, a program that hasn't won in a long time. But you take them to Texas A&M and you tell them, hey, you're going to have offensive linemen here and you're going to have really good defensive linemen and you're going to and you're going to compete in the best conference in the world, then I think you can give yourself a fighting chance. And I think ultimately, like... Texas and hiring Mike Elko and, and this other guy from UTSA might work out and that might be what they ultimately do. But if, if I'm Texas A&M and I want to, cha- I want to win national championships, then I got to go out there and get a guy who I think could bring in the kind of players that will lead you to a national championship. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. First of all, let me just say that Texas A&M already is in Group A. We don't put them in Group A uh, on the other shows because they're eliminated from playoff contention, but they are have already assembled a roster that would be um, in that group, they are one of only four teams in the entire country that have double digit five star prospects on their current roster. So they, they would fit if Texas A&M had one loss, I would put them in group a because of their top, their roster makeup, not because of their history of winning or who their coach is or whatever group a is solely designed based on raw talent that you accumulated and possess on your current roster. So they're there. Um, and I understand your notion of putting a person in there with the NIL in place in a financially motivated place to win combined with that personality could be a really good cocktail for assembling a team that is um, not only as talented as Alabama and Georgia, which they kind of currently are, but a team that is functional too. So like, I understand your thought process here, but I've got two questions I want to ask you guys. Mm-hmm. One, because I think it would be too volatile. Like for a team that's paying a or a program that's paying seventy-seven or whatever million dollars to make somebody go away, you feel like whatever money you spend in order to do this, because it's going to probably cost them one hundred and twenty million between the staff, the buyout, and whatever they have to pay the people who come in to replace that staff. You, do you want to put yourself in a position where you might be back to square one in two years if things are bad? Like I think Dion has done a tremendous job at Colorado, and because a part of it was it was so bad, the only direction it was that they, it could go up because he brought a lot of you know eyeballs and some exciting players that Colorado had no chance of getting before. Like I understand that you know the four wins that they have so far is a huge increase. I think that is a marketably different job or goal than it would be to go to a place that already has a loaded roster and make it better or maintain it. And second of all, are we sure he's there long-term? And then third of all, um, are we sure that we are cool with his decision-making as a program builder? Like I think that there are like for as exciting and like fun as that would be. And Manny, you're right. Like, I think that it would infuse and inject more energy into that program. I don't know if the right combination for that job would be, well, we've stunk for a hundred years and we're trying to figure out why let's go get the biggest wild card we can possibly get. Like, I think that that's where they've gone wrong. I think that they've 
swung too hard for the fences and gotten somebody that has a name or is flashy or makes you excited when really all they need is a really good football coach. You know, and I don't know if I think yet that Deion Sanders is just a really good football coach. I think he's exciting. I think he's a rock star. I think he makes people want to play for him. I think he has funny quotes in press conferences. Um, I think that he made apparel look better at Colorado, like their uniforms and their hoodies look cool and stuff. But like, is that who you think is most likely to line up a team on the field and beat Kirby smarter, Nick Saban? Like, I don't know if I would think that. So that's the only thing that gives me pause. Now, also, it has to be said. Does Deion Sanders fit culturally in College Station? Like, Probably not. Do, yeah. I just don't know if he would a like it there or if B the people who root for the team would like his style. So like, I think that it is exciting and I'm sure that people would like it or be excited about it. If it were to happen, I also think the potential of it exploding in the most unbelievably gruesome way is like a high likelihood. And I don't know if that's a chance that Texas A&M should be willing to take while they're paying Jimbo Fisher 13 grand before breakfast every day for the next 27 years. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. That, that, that's yeah. my thought. But like my question, I guess to you guys would be, you know, A&M's last two coaches have unequivocally proven two things. One, Kevin Sumlin with the Johnny football era proved that A&M can be the epicenter of the sport. Like during Johnny football's run. And I know a lot of that had to do with how exciting of a player he was and his antics and, you know, the pay me stuff. Like, that's exactly how I would act if I were good to football. That's just inherently interesting, but he proved that A&M could do that. And Jimbo Fisher proved that they could recruit at a very high level and they have the greatest class to ever be signed in the history of the two, four, seven sport composite. Do you think that hiring, because say what you want about Jimbo and his offense and how he ran the team and how many games he lost. He unequivocally proved that he could recruit at a very high level. Is your next coach at Texas A&M, is the prereq to have to maintain the ability to recruit at that level or not? Because like, oh, well, one last thing too. Dion's recruiting class at Colorado, and granted, they don't have the NIL, they don't have the geography, and they don't have the brand recognition, but they currently rank number 63 overall nationally in the 247 Sport Composite ranking. And I know that he makes splashes at the end, and they might get a guy or two that we're not anticipating, but we're talking about a class that's probably going to finish somewhere in the 30s if things go well. Are we sure that he's a great high school football recruiter? Because he has never done it before. He has had a few flips that Carmani McLean was exciting. And Travis Hunter, I mean, certainly was great. Is he a top-to-bottom great recruiter that's going to sign uh, diamond-in-the-rough, low-end four-star offensive guards from Houston? Or is he going to be the flashy skill position players that want to have a bunch of social media followers? Not that that's bad, mm-hmm. but you need to build a football team. You don't need to flip four guys at the end of every cycle and make news you need to build a solid roster from top to bottom. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> all right. All right. You said a lot there and, and they were all really good points and, and it's hard to argue against them, but I, I am going to argue against it. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, number one, I, I don't think Dion is in, in a position in Colorado where he can recruit. He had to obviously go out and get the transfer portal players to, to make even that roster that was what one or two wins the last couple of years uh, close to 500. Right. So he, he had to bring in older players that that was his approach early on. That was sort of Mike Norvell's approach early on in Florida State. And then a couple of years later, now he's got the number two, number three recruiting class in the country because those transfers helped get him to a point where they can now recruit. So I think Dion 
you know, that's sort of the situation he's at in Colorado. In at Texas A&M, you, you mentioned it. he'd have NIL up the wazoo. He'd be coaching in the SEC. He'd be in a state that has more talent than any other state in the country. Um, so for all those reasons, I think he could he could definitely continue what's happened at Texas A&M in terms of accumulating talent. I think he would take it to a different level. The reason I want Dion is I look at Georgia and I look at Alabama who have won you know, basically all the national championships except for one, right? When Ohio State won here in the last whatever amount of years it was. And and, and whenever Dabo had things together, Clemson, those those three seasons. I, I look at those two SEC programs and I say, well, what advantages do they have? One, all the best players in the country want to play for them all the time. So they always have the best, most talented rosters. And two, they've got great coaching, right? Like they have every, they have just about every advantage. So to me, you put a wild card like Dion in there, now like now guys like Jalen Milrow and and you know Jaden Daniels and you know guys that are obviously the difference makers in college football today the next Shador Sanders right Not, he doesn't have to count on Shador to, to go in there and do it he can get the next you know Jaden Daniels whoever it is and and to me he attracts those guys they don't go to Alabama they don't go to Georgia they go play for Dion and I think that's part of the reason why Alabama and Georgia have continued to dominate because there hasn't been anybody who's come close to rivaling them on the recruiting trail. Like you, I mean, we know this. I mean, we sit here, we look at the recruiting rankings. Yes, Texas A&M might be number five in, in the team talent composite. But if you really stack that roster next to Alabama's or Georgia's, I mean, who are you taking nine times out of 10 every Saturday? You're taking the, the Alabama and the Georgia's, right? Like to me, Dion changes that perspective. He actually has a chance to build the most talented roster in the country and take that advantage away from Nick Saban and take that advantage away from Kirby Smart. So, like, Texas A&M did it once under uh, Jimbo. I think Dion could do that for four or five straight years uh, if he can get things rolling over there. So, to me, that's why you go out and you get him and you don't necessarily bring in a Mike Elko or somebody else who is just not going to, you know, necessarily put you in that level, put you into that fight with those two programs. Like to me, if Texas A&M spending $77 million to pay Jimbo to go away, they're clearly willing to go to any links to win a championship. So why not continue to go the full way, get the best hire who can, who can really put you on a level with these teams and, and give you a chance to win a national championship. Because the bottom line is until you're better than Georgia and Alabama, you're not winning a national championship. I think my concern with Dion is Let's say they give him this job, right? And when he first got the job at Colorado, we all praised him because he surrounded himself with really smart people, right? Like he made some really smart hires. And then midway through the season, like, did we ever figure out what happened with Sean Lewis? Like he just demoted him for lack of a better term. And I, I just, that's what scares me about the idea of Deanna A&M is there's, it's a place that is already a little bit of a pressure cooker. There's so many eyeballs on you. There's so many opinions. There's boosters, what have you. Like, I think it's got to be someone who can sort of manage all of that. And, and until we get some sort of, and I don't know, maybe I'm too curious about this, but until we get some sort of like solid answers about what happened with Sean Lewis and was there an actual reason for his demotion or did Dion just wake up one day and decide, I don't want you to be my play caller anymore. That's what would make me a little bit nervous if I was the A&M administration. I don't know that I agree with the notion that he would be able to do that every like four, like four years in a row. Like I, I thought you did a good job. My head almost exploded when you said, <laughs> uh, when you said that A&M can't do it because they literally signed 18 top 100 players in a single class. 
Right. And nobody's been able to do that. Like they, but they, they, they do have. How many did they keep though? Uh, I think most of them. I don't know how many. I haven't added it up, but AM has 10 five star prospects on its roster, and Ohio State has 10, and Georgia has 13, and Alabama has 18. But if and they only have 10, then how they many? Nine, they would have lost a lot, class. right? Um, and I think that they're, oh, like Ohio State's ranked ahead of them because they've got 63 uh, four stars, all of whom are probably within the 100 to 250 range. So, um, you know, their average player ranking for their roster is 91.06. They've done a really good job of assembling a roster. And like if Connor Regman was a star and Evan Stewart and Ruben Owens, like they have the pieces to be a very good football team. And I think Dion keeps him there, by the way. And I think that you probably, I mean, but I also think Mike Elko does too, because he was the defensive coordinator on the team that did the recruiting class of 22. And I just don't know if a place that has been riddled with dysfunction needs another superstar that will demote his offensive coordinator in November for what seems to be no reason. Like, I just don't know if fighting dysfunction with potential dysfunction is, I, I think that what they need to do is go get the most functional person that they can get that runs the program the right way every day and recruits well and uses the NIL um, in order to do that. Like, cause the thing that I think is interesting, Manny, and I'm, and I'm you, you live in South Florida. So a lot of this is, um, stuff that you're familiar with, but I think the notion that people want to go play for Dion is true because he's proven that Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean want to do that. But if you're sitting in Dion's office and he's, you know, we're going to do this and he's being funny and laugh, you know, like, and like larger than life, like he was as a player. And then you go sit in Nick Saban's office and they put the draft picks on the board. Like how far does being Dion Sanders get you? before you run into the, we don't have the NFL numbers that, that these guys have like at a certain point, people make business decisions and playing for a celebrity who wears shades on the sideline, takes a backseat to the concrete numbers that Alabama and Georgia and Ohio state can sell you based on your position. And like, I don't know what's going to happen when Jeremiah Smith will talk about it, but if Jeremiah Smith goes to Florida state, that means that he is turning his back on the seven or eight first round draft picks that Ohio state's had at his position in the recent years. And that's a really hard thing to overcome. So I don't think that, I think that the, the notion that you need to be a splash hire to be successful is wrong. Like when Dan landing went to Oregon, like I don't think that everybody was rushing to their computer to be like, Holy crap, Oregon just pulled off the greatest hire of all time. That was a good one. It was savvy. He came from Georgia, but now if AM got Dan Lanning, we would treat it like Lincoln Riley going to – it doesn't take much time to go from really good, solid coach to superstar in the right situation. So I don't know if Mike Elko is going to be the guy or even uh, trailer. I think that – and I wrote in the column, AM wants to make a splash. In order to make a splash, you have to get wet a little bit. So I think that they're going to make a splash. But I think the best thing that could happen to save them from themselves is for them to try to get Dion or for them to try to go out and get Lincoln Riley or do one of these big time splash worthy hires, get rejected by a few of these and then have to hire Elko or trailer because I just, I see what you're saying. And I think if everything went perfectly, you would be right. But I think the wild card of all the shit that could go wrong (laughs) is just too great for a team that is paying out $120 million to hire their next coach before we get into whatever is next. Well, that's a, what's that like, what is their, um, 
Like at some point, are they going to have a math problem? Like what is their financial? Can can they pull a Dion even? Like, I yeah, don't- I think they could. Yeah, I think that they've got some billionaire oil barons that are, you know, like there's, they've got a lot of money. And like I don't they're they're going to have an open checkbook basically still, like even though they're Sam paying this Khan out. told me that 75% of Jimbo Fisher's buyout is coming from the athletic department and 25% um, is coming from the 12th man fund. So um, I think that they will be more frugal this time. I don't know that they're going to write a 10 year guaranteed COD contract the way they did with Jimbo. But I also cannot envision a world where AM wants and convinces itself that they want a person and loses out because they can't That's afford fair. it. Like, I think that they, they'll be able to make it work. I just don't know if they are going to be in a position to be like, they oh, Jimbo won a national title work. of Florida State two years ago. Let's give him everything. <laughs> you know, like, right. they got, he got whatever he wanted. Um, so I don't know. Like, I think it's a good debate. And I think if you ask AM fans, a lot of people would probably be on Team Manny here because they want that excitement. I mean, all of sports is is off-season excitement and hype and what's going to happen. Like, Colorado fans got the best train of hype that any team could ever have. And, you know, at the end of the road, what did they get? You know, they got a moderate improvement from one win to four wins with a new roster and a demoted offensive coordinator, and they're missing a bowl game. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know if it's as simplistic as that, but it's like, do you want to go hand that guy, all the keys of your future after you're paying somebody $72 million to leave. It just seems like I'm a gambler. I just think it's just, it's a little out there for me. So. No, I I just think if you're ever going to disrupt the way things have been going in college football, you have to go to war with a, with a but tank. Jimbo did. And, he did. I mean, he really did. He, but his, he but assembled his offense a team was that was boring. good enough. Dion will run an exciting offense. Like it's a different, it's no, a different I know, tank. If you're able to get the players, that's the hard part. Like they've already proven they can do the hard part. And they've actually, Jimbo's boring offense beat them a few years ago and almost beat them this year. I think that AM is closer to beating Alabama and Georgia than you do. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Where do you think they are compared to how did they stack up to Texas? No, I mean, Texas is levitating above the rest of us. (laughs) They're more talented than Texas. It's the reason why Jimbo Fisher is getting fired is because it's unbelievable how terrible they are in comparison to what they have. And like, listen, they've had some bad luck, right? I mean, their starting quarterback, I think has gotten injured each of the last three or four years. Like they, they, you know, it's inexcusable that this team should have four losses right now. It's inexcusable that they got their ass kicked by Miami. Like there's no reason why 
A&M should be losing the games that they lose. And, you know, frankly speaking, if Texas had a four loss year this year too, Sark would have been gone probably, I bet. You know, like it's just inexcusable to be this good talent-wise and be this bad in output. Well, Clemson's got four losses this year too. So. Can we ask Grace before we go on to the next topic? Like, <laughs> is there any scenario, Grace, where Dabo would leave Clemson? Like, I know that he always says it's focusing on this year. Like, I know this is the playbook, but I'm asking you in your heart if you think that there would be any chance as a of a disgruntled Dabo Sweeney trying a new challenge. In, like, my personal opinion. Yeah, because he don't, don't – I mean, I think that people are overreacting a little bit to, like, the way he responded to the yeah, question. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, he's sort I of always he's he's answered like that a lot in the past, especially with like NFL jobs. He'll say, you know, never say never, but you know, I'm really happy here. This is like this is just my Grace yes. Rayner personal opinion. Yes, yes, that's all we want. That's what people I, are here for. I Grace. think that I would be surprised <laughs> if Dabo Sweeney did not have one of three jobs: one, Clemson; two, Alabama. Not saying Alabama wants him. I think his time is probably passed there, but I'm just saying this is my opinion of his mindset or three motivational speaker politician, like do the thing. I think I will be surprised <laughs> if he, yes, if he does not have <laughs> one of those three jobs. All right. So you're saying he's not going to A&M in your opinion. Would that like blow <laughs> I, I, your mind? I mean, I don't think it would blow my mind, but I, I would be surprised. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, I just don't think all of his issues get solved at A&M. And I think he's being even, an even more of a fishbowl there. And if he thinks Clemson fans are after him now, I mean, my gosh, like I would say but there's no multiply part that of you like that thinks that Dabo is secretly resentful of the reaction from his fan base. He thinks that they're entitled oh, yeah. and unappreciative. And another team is going to be like, hey, Dabo. Here's a hundred mil. <laughs> Here I don't think is. he would. Like, I mean, I, I think I, it's human nature to feel that way and to think that way. I personally would be surprised if he took it. Like, I think yeah. there's one, there's a difference between like dangling the carrot and eating the carrot. Like I thought so I'd eat that I'm carrot not, so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I would go work for anybody if they offered me a huge salary. Oh, I'm not, I'm not above that. Well, ask Mick. Okay, I'll go ask, what, I'll go right. He's already paid in the top, what? Three or four. There's no um, such thing as too much money. Yeah. Ask yeah. About that. I don't know. I'm not saying like. <laughs> He's he not giving any back. Catch. <laughs> huh? Think about all, all, all the good he could do in the world with all that money. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I would be surprised if he took it, but we've seen crazy things. Like two years ago, I didn't think we would see, you know, Lincoln Riley do what he did or Brian Kelly do what he did. So I think we're kind of at that point in college football where like. Nothing can surprise you anymore, but that one would make me scratch my head a little bit. We're 35 minutes into this thing, and we haven't talked about anything else, but I have to put this out there because I want to know. I have the funniest possible outcome of this. Yes. And my funniest possible outcome to this would be Lincoln Riley going there. I would die. (laughs) I would literally die. Is there no way? That would be amazing. That'd be so He's already funny. proven he would leave one job for another if they offered him a ton of money. USC is not going that great right now. You think he's leaving the beach to go live in College Station? Listen, it would make me a hypocrite for everything I ever said about Norman. <laughs> it Oklahoma. honestly so would. Yes, it and would. And I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying I would even do it. What I'm saying is it's more geography that he's familiar with. The roster is already loaded. They have good linemen. 
and they're going into a scenario where they could be winning big soon. And if there's anything that we know that he could do, he could convince a superstar quarterback to go play there. It's true. They have better defensive players than USC have. I think that you could galaxy brain yourself into con- thinking that if he took the job there, that AM could win a national championship in two years. Now, I don't know if it would be better long term, but if I you think that. if you dangle all that money in front of him and go, hey, man, this is here for you. Uh, I, I just think it's, I'm not saying I think it's going to happen. I, it's gotta be like a 1% chance. <laughs> like they call it him is though, my don't you think? funniest outcome though. Cause you imagine being Oklahoma, like after all that, it's like, okay, fine. He left us to go to the beach and be in the sunshine and get a $12 million house on the ocean with an infinity pool that looks off to the Pacific. We can live with that. But if he came back and lived in a town like college station and like, went to another place that's soon to be a rival of Oklahoma, both in recruiting and on the field um, that I think I would die. Like, I don't think I could handle the irony of that. Uh, (laughs) And like, it's, it's just unbelievably funny to think about. So do you guys have funny outcomes of the, I mean, Dabo going there too would be hilarious. Yeah. But what I want to know is like, I wish someone would spill the beans on like this whole process. Like if you're Texas A&M, do you pick up the phone and call quote unquote, call Lincoln, call Dabo and then like click hello, no goodbye. Or like, do you not even bother? Like what's the, what's your process there? I mean, Lincoln is from Texas. Like you call oh, people you actually crazy. think you can get first or do you call the home runs first? That's I think what I want to know. You probably design a list and they pay these search forms millions right. and millions of dollars to just do what we're doing. Um, <laughs> We'll do it for 100 Gs, the three of us, if you want to go. go. go you. <laughs> Manny's like, how about they call Dion? He's like, yes, we get paid. Um, he is from Texas, is a very exciting offensive mind. A&M couldn't get a first down for like the last five years. They're much better this year. He would attract the top tier quarterback, and they have a really good defensive personnel group. I think that you could convince yourself that that would work in the short term. I don't know. Again, I've got my doubts now. Oklahoma fans rejoice. I've got my doubts about Lincoln Riley in the long term. I think that he has blown a very big opportunity with a generational player. I think that if AM's like that guy could really make us good soon, you pick up the phone. I mean, you you, you make at your the list, risk though on of, the list. of pissing off the guy you can get. Like if you're Elko or any of these other guys who are reasonable candidates, you're like. What the heck? Like they Grace, how many times of- have you applied for a job that you really wanted and concerned yourself with who else was interviewing? Like, I don't think that it works that way. Yeah, but they how many times you have you applied for another job and who else is being interviewed is all over the internet and the entire world knows it, and then they're bombarding you with questions about it. I mean, all that matters if you get the if you get yeah, that contract fair. or not. Like, I mean, not every single coach that has in college football was the team that they work for's first choice, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or you just make the calls all at the same time. Say, hey, we're, inter- we're gauging your interest. <laughs> yeah. Would you be interested in having a conversation? I'll tell you guys one thing. And if you're listening out there, hire, hiring people. If anybody ever reaches out to me and says, hey, Ari, I have a job opportunity for you. I would love to t- run it by you. I've never said no to that conversation. Of course, you want to hear what somebody's doing, what they're working on, what they're willing to offer you, what their vision of the future is, what they can provide you what their business is going to do to change the landscape of what we do. Like, of course, like who would say no without hearing anyone out makes no sense financially or professionally. Now I have no designs to leave the athletic. Don't go reading into this, but like, I just, I, 
you hear them, right? Like I, I would, you don't think Lincoln Riley, the guy who just bounced out of Norman to go move to the beach for a, God knows how much money. Cause it's private. We don't know, but a lot doesn't want to hear what the oil barons have to say. Yeah. He's going to, he would. Just I'd listen. Fair. Yeah. All right, now, guys. Now, now this is going to be aggregated and like they're going to say <laughs> until Saturday, thinks Lincoln Riley is going to do it. But I think that Lincoln Riley or Dabo, like just Dabo's goofy ass going down there and just doing all that same stuff of like the pro the program that I'm building is in God's name, image and likeness, like all that stuff down there. <laughs> oh boy. And like, like the recruiting and the NIL and like, it's like going from like refusing to hire assistants that don't grow up underneath my tutelage to like, the NIL era and like the most the Bobby Petrino and DJ Durkin as coordinators program is hilarious. You got to admit it's a hilarious. Outcome. What if they got Lincoln and then Lincoln stole Garrett and brought him with him? There's a lot of funniness that could happen here and A&M's at the center of it. So it's going to be funny and entertaining. I think they will be able to shock us and it might be Dion. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be Dion, but it is okay. But that, I mean, <laughs> We spent a lot of time on this, but I think it's pertinent to discuss yeah. when a job comes open, um, the recruiting profile, what the expectation is, what they're able to do. And I personally think that whoever they get has to be a badass recruiter. And that doesn't mean he has to be flashy or a rock star, but you have to maintain the level of talent coming in. And I think it's easier when you have an NIL collective involved the way that A&M does. But also you need to have a coach. You can't go hire a Dan Mullen. You got to hire a hungry recruiting oriented person and i think all three of the people that we mentioned probably checked that box agreed all okay. right guys i know we got we, we, we that was a great conversation <laughs> we, we do have to move on because there is other stuff we want to talk about uh mitch usually covers all these decommitments i can tell you there's been 15 decommitments since our Are last you gonna show read all of them i'm not going to read all of them Ari. i'm <laughs> not i'm going to keep uh, there's been 15, and I think you have to like, talk about Florida. We have to talk about no, Florida. We are. That's the next okay. topic. I was getting to Florida uh, because, you know, obviously I mentioned earlier three three players for Florida, three commitments for Florida have flipped to other programs. Um, you know, we're going to, and I actually did a story um, looking at the SEC, including Texas and Oklahoma, potential flips and targets. It ran earlier this week in the Athletic. You can check it out there. Uh, but these are some of the notable ones today. Uh, four-star defensive lineman Nazir Johnson who been committed to Florida flipped to Georgia. Uh, four-star edge rusher Jamonta Waller. He's a top 100 recruit flipped from Florida to Auburn. And then uh, four-star cornerback Wardell Mack, number 129 overall, flipped from Florida to Texas. Um, some decommitments that were notable. LSU lost a top 100 cornerback in Kai Bates. He's one of like four guys who could end up flipping the Florida State here. We're also going to talk about Florida State in a few minutes. Um, no, we're not. Yeah, if the we can get to it. I'm not, I'm not hearing that again, Manny. <laughs> Four-star athlete. You're going on. to SeaWorld, buddy. Yeah, I'm nervous. We, I'm nervous I know. guy. Because <laughs> I, I did talk to a recruiting coordinator uh, a few weeks ago. and Because like I was offended when you, met, when you brought this up. Like I was like, there's no way that could happen. And I still don't think there's any way that, I mean, like, honestly speaking, how could that happen? And the he goes, is close, I sorry. love your show. I love Manny. I love what you guys say. That was the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> so we're, we're going to see who has the, the, the last laugh here. But, you know, Florida State with some Jeremiah Smith smoke and, you know, I don't know. But what is the you need to write a column, Manny, and I would read the shit out of this of like outlining what Florida State's path to the number one class. I can be. tell you right now. You want me to tell you what it is? But I think you should write it. <laughs> I can write it. What I can't is it? I think it would do really well. Here's Smith Florida State's path. Hang on to yeah. everyone else. 
Yeah, well, I, I have I did the math here, and they get within two points of Georgia if they flip these four players, and then at that point maybe Georgia loses somebody. Uh, at you know down the stretch, Georgia's already I think got twenty covers what that's called twenty eight twenty eight <laughs> commitments. So yes, but uh, there's 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 some math. But let's talk right. about Florida first. We're okay, gonna get to Florida first. Let's get I can't to wait to hear this math though. I'm excited. <laughs> Grace, you and I uh, did some recruiting predictions for Mitch back in August, and one of the questions uh, we made a prediction on was which team we thought would drop the most in the rankings. Both of us said the Gators, who were number three. They've slipped back to number four so far with those three D commitments. Um, you also mentioned Stanford. I said Miami was another team to watch. Uh, right now, Florida's lost those three guys who I mentioned, and they also have a couple of other guys who are sort of in a precarious situation. LJ McCray, top 100 defensive lineman, a five-star according to 247, was at Florida State last weekend. Amaris Williams, another top 100 recruit, defensive lineman committed to Florida. Uh, he's, I think, looking to go to Ohio State now. So this Florida class is basically falling apart like you and I both thought it might, um, since you know how to get guys to flip. It's important to, to, to note that it's still number five in the composite. It right? is. It, no, the, yeah, okay. or four or it's five. Not, it's, it's, like, not, it's not falling apart yet. I mean, somebody broke its kneecaps, but it still can walk. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's still a top five class, but if, it get, if, if what you're saying happens, like Billy Napier is like, in a position where it's like, I don't know what you're excited about. And that's a problem for him. That, that, that was going to be my question to you. I was going to ask grace this question though, first, because DJ Lagway to me is sort of the big powder keg Ari, because if he flips, then, then definitely this class is falling apart. So my question to you, grace, since you do these quarterback updates for us every single week, and I know you were talking off air beforehand, you haven't necessarily talked to DJ's coach recently, but like, do you think DJ could flip and, and this completely like just Florida's entire class just completely flops? Has he, have we, has he visited anywhere that we know I was gonna of? Say, like, I don't even think he's visiting. I don't even know if that's a possibility. Is he visiting somewhere? I don't I think he has. Um, I will say I talked to his coach probably six weeks ago when we had this conversation. Um, and he was the, and, he was saying that one of the things that he admires the most about DJ is that when all of the noise is coming in, especially on social media, he's handled it really well. And whether it's from Florida fans or other fans or blah, 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 he's just stayed the course. So I think right now, given that we haven't seen him take any visits, at least not that I'm aware of, um, and just kind of the little bit I do know about him through his coach, I think it would surprise me. Um, but we saw a lot of stuff happen last year on signing day too, that also really surprised me, but this one, I don't, I don't think we're there yet. Okay. Yeah. And, and as Ari pointed out, I mean, they still have a top five class. I mean, Florida's NIL uh, has, has improved since that fiasco last year with Jaden Rashada. Right. So maybe this isn't going to happen, but I, I still think like we have to prepare ourselves because these kids are obviously, I mean, LJ McCray's at Florida state. He just committed to UF last month. Uh, Amaris Williams, Ohio state, like they have guys that are, that are visiting other places here. Which, by the way, Ari, I, like this kind of stuff of guys taking these secret trips after after spending what felt like two weeks researching the SEC, like none of these websites cover or write anything about guys that visit other schools. Like if their commitments are visiting other schools, they're not writing about it. Like it's you got to find this stuff on Which other. Which makes no sense to me because yeah. it's dramatic and drama sells. Like I would, oh, like yeah, like I remember when I was working at Cleveland.com and covering Ohio State, like we would be the only place writing about decommitments and writing about where's this person going or potential of 
And like, there is a vast interest in this and it's just the business model. I know at those places is to write good things that make the fans feel good about their favorite team. But it's like, God, don't you want to know when your best player is visiting somewhere else? And it just, you're right. It is underreported and it's really hard to do, but like also the fan site that covers the place that he's visiting usually does like somebody always finds out. Right. Um, right. And DJ, I, I went and spent, and this was a long time ago. It was like six months ago, but I spent time with him at his off uh, as high school, I think in July or August. And he seemed very, very locked in. Now, you know, I think that the other people that are visiting other places are probably more pertinent. And then if they all leave, then you, you know, you're like Will Smith in the Dunkle Phil's uh, living room there. <laughs> right. Then maybe something happens, but I don't know if that's where I would start. I think I would start with like with the surrounding pieces and then work your way in. Right. Right. Um, all right. All right. So I'm going to flip this to you now um, regarding Billy Napier. Cause I looked this up a little while ago. Um, obviously the sec is getting tougher. Florida may not win another game. They may finish five and seven and not go to a bowl game because I think they've got Missouri and Florida state as their final two games. Um, so Billy Napier's buyout right now, if he's fired after the 2023 season is $31.9 million. But if DJ Lagway bolts and the worst possible thing happens to this Florida class, uh, what do you, what do you do if you're Florida at this point? Because other people are making moves. I mean, I guess what's your thinking on the Gators right now? My thinking on the Gators was I'm not necessarily all that concerned about whether they're winning or losing games right now because they have an awesome recruiting class and they did something that uh, um, inspires hope for the future. Um, And that is always an important thing. You got to give your fan base something to hold on to. And if they were to, completely implode and lose all of their elite level prospects to neighboring schools that are also like in the national championship race right now, I would feel real. Like, I don't want to go down the, the Napier buyout math stuff right now, but like that would be a really tough thing for him to overcome. I don't know that that means he would be fired. I don't think athletic directors have become savvy enough yet to pay attention to recruiting results um, as a, litmus test for whether or not their candidates or their current coaches are viable. I wrote a column a while back that I would use the recruiting rankings and their recruiting temperament as a hiring tool. Um, but I don't think we're there yet. I think it's more just wins and losses. And so I think that he'll be back next year regardless, but I don't know if they don't sign a good class this year, I think it would be very clear that next year would be his last year because they haven't done anything to improve the product, they're not going to go win 11 or 12 games next year. And they don't have a solid foundation of players on the roster developing. That would be a tough look. Yeah. It'd, it'd be disastrous. And, uh, and it's just, to me, it's it like we cover recruiting. And like you said, I, I think we, we write a lot of like positive uplifting stories and most of these websites do, but to see a class, like to see all the work that he did, if, if this were to happen in Florida, that would be such a major story. Uh, from a recruiting perspective, they if they were to implode, hopefully they don't. I I I mean I don't hate the Gators. I kind of being in Florida, I want to see the state schools do well here because th- there's so much talent, Ari, and and you get to know these kids, and you're like you you wish the best for them. You don't want to see them go through something bad and have to hire a new coach, you know, after two or three years when they're trying to build something. But it, it would be such a huge story. So it's something for us because he was hired to recruit well. Yeah, they didn't have a coach before him that that 
passed the recruiting is important tests. They go get somebody who's obsessed with recruiting. He just revamps the entire Florida recruiting department, and then they just don't get it done. That's a tough look. How yeah. far do you think, though, is too far of a fall? Like, like you to your point, Ari, he's, he's still got a top five class. If he falls to a top 10 class, like, that's still pretty I solid. I don't think it's about ranking. I think it's about total number of top 100 players. And even though they've lost a lot of commitments um, in the recent past, Florida's class is still very good. They've got eight top 100 players in their class right now. Yeah. Well, that's a really good recruiting class. And I think you can feel really good about it. But if four of those people flip or five, um, and then you go back into another year where it's just like a Dan Mullen class with two or three really solid pieces collected together with like this, like bouquet of three stars. Like, I think that would be disastrous. Wait, I'm only counting five on the composite. I, oh, sorry. I didn't switch. I didn't toggle. Okay, sorry, sorry. sorry. Yeah, you got to toggle. Five on twenty-four. Don't One, two, toggle. three, four. Wait, no. I'm still only counting. What? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Exactly. Right? Eight. Yeah, yeah. That's don't question Ari's math, man. He's, yeah, you he's, should actually. You should math. because I get that stuff wrong all the time. No, no, yes. no. I was not on composite. You're right. Okay. Yeah. It's it's all exactly right. eight. You guys want the Florida State math now, Ari? Yeah, you want that? Yeah. Let's let's hear this. This is like we should like play the Disney theme. <laughs> what is it? Dun, 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 dun. How does the Disney music go? You're on your way to go see all the Sea World. I gotta tell you guys. Uh, I don't know, Grace. You'll have a baby here in a few years, but um, <laughs> Manny, yeah. I don't know if your children like got into like the YouTube. Like we're into like Miss Rachel oh, yeah. and all the like simple songs and all this stuff. My daughter is like kind of like fluctuates between what videos she likes, and she is like locked in on the Halloween parade at Disney world um, where it's like not a cartoon. It's like actual, the actual footage of the real parade at Disney world. Yeah, man. That's super cool. really, really likes to watch the, and I'm like thinking these Disney people are going to take me for everything I've got. Oh dude. Absolutely. (laughs) They get their hooks in your children in a way (laughs) where it, forces you to engage in their company. I know a lot of these people are like, I'm going to boycott Disney. They're too woke or whatever, whatever you're saying. I'm not going to buy their stock anymore. This company is genius. They get their hooks into your children and they don't let go for 10 to 12 years. And even some have this propensity to keep going when they're adults. (laughs) I don't know. This has got to be the most brilliant company in the world. Because they make the movies, they have the apparel, they have the theme parks, and like I can't even go buy Lunchables for my daughter without Moana on it. Like they're it's on everything. Their underwear, yeah, their diapers, everything that I buy for my daughter has some sort of loose affiliation with Disney licensed characters. Yeah, it's it, I'm gonna it, get taken for all I've got. Because if you just, know we're going, we have to go. Like there's yeah. no chance we're not gonna go. Oh, I yeah. don't want to go. And how old's your daughter now? Two. It's already yeah. happening. She already. Yeah. Um, she's always. You're done, dude. You're, Moana, all that stuff. You're done. I know. <laughs> she's um, already watching live replays of the parades. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know wait, wait till she's asking you to play life? the song in the car every time. Yeah, she does. Yeah, it's either Moana or Elmo. Elmo is Elmo at Disney? I hope not. No, he's not. No. Okay. No. Um, Elmo, Elmo, Daddy, Elmo. Um. <laughs> I'm not going to Disney World in August or July. I would rather get hit by a car than go, go ja- down. Go in like go the January, winter. February. That's the time to go. I went in February. Cooler. It was fun. 
You went? I went to Universal in February, yeah. Not this past, like, in a February, like four years ago. All right, let me give you guys the... Let me give you guys the FSU math because I know we're running long. And, and Grace, we that still want you to vacation? talk about your embed. Wait, wait, let's back this up here, Manny. Yeah. Oh, no. My grandma lives down there. So I went to go see okay. her. She lives so you didn't there. like book a trip around flying to Orlando in order to go. To, you just went. No, you I went to Universal to, like, while I was seeing my grandma. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whew. But <laughs> 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 a question your friendship people are. I just don't. I, I well, don't know who these people are. Well, Ari, I have you, a friend. Who has a Disney obsessed brother who flew to Macau and went to Disney World in China? It's the wow. same shit. Like, yeah. why would you fly clear across the entire world to go to Chinese Disney World? It blows my mind. It blows my mind. That is uh, strange. I'd never heard that before. That would be like me flying to London for In N Out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe their their menu's a little different though. A little fish and chips in and yeah, out. So, yeah, a little fish. I would fly to London for an in and out fish fillet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ari, in February when you go to Disney, just make sure to save a day for us to go to Sea World together. You no, know, we're we, we when I go to Disney, yeah, we I want to hear this World, But I think we're gonna like. What's the ideal time to take your daughter? Like when she's ten and can remember um, it. I don't want to go I, drop twenty grand. So that she can like giggle and not remember it. Like I want her I, to experience it because we're only going once. I'll tell you right now. I did it at five. <laughs> I did it at five years old because I think and, and my twelve year old daughter now re- still remembers the Disney trip at five. So to yeah. me, th- yeah, five is like right where they can like talk and understand what they're doing and like still be amazed by the magic of it, but they're not old yeah. enough to for- or young enough to forget it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I think, I think, look, if you take them before five, it's really is a waste of money. So, yeah, I mean, it's always a waste of money, but yeah, (laughs) I hope that like I become a good enough father where like I am driven by this is the best day of my daughter's life. And that fills up my love tank to the point where it's worth it. Like that's the only thing, but like the idea of standing in those lines in the heat and the slobs that are walking through there and everyone's like wearing a fanny pack and they can't find where their shit is. And it's like, everyone's waiting in line and it's $27 for a chicken tender. Like it's just awful. Like I would just like, if I want to blow money, I'll go to the, I'll go to Vegas. Like I'm not like trying to, um, I sound like the worst dad ever because the funny thing is, is I all I ever want is that little baby girl to be happy, but like, mm-hmm. it's just a, a absolute scam. It's a scam. I'm sorry. They do. They do take your money <laughs> happily. There's no question. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Disney world. Can I have your credit card? <laughs> <laughs> Disney dollars. Disney dollars. And twenty seven thousand dollars to go to a dirty park. This is the power of their brand. Here you are. (laughs) Look at that. You're infected, Ari. (laughs) I researched how much it costs. I've already done like to you. Insane. And the hotels are like not nice. It's like you're spending three hundred and seventy five dollars a night to stay in a Fairfield with Disney sheets. It's like god damn. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Well, we're Damn. gonna table okay. we're gonna table North Carolina for next week because Grace, your story still hasn't run yet, so we'll be able to talk about it after. It I runs. still really want to talk about it, Grace. I, I heard it's going to be really, really good. And yeah, for those who don't know, Grace spent time um, embedded with North Carolina's recruiting staff during a weekend game, and is going to have a very thorough story about what that was like. And you know, she's a tremendous writer. And percent those footsteps. 
It was a fun assignment. Alex White yeah. is their uh, recruiting director, and she's 25, which I think is so impressive that like running a wow. Power Five recruiting department at 25 years old. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, I'm getting to the age. I don't know about you, Manny, where it's like, oh, that head coach is younger than me now. Yeah, it's weird. It's happened to me. Now I'm running into uh, guys who I covered in high school that not only their kids have kids, but uh, they have grandchildren now. Like guys that I covered that have grandchildren. That's how long I've been at this. It's weird. Yeah, it's like Asante Samuel Jr. is like in the pros now. And it's like, I remember watching his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies. Uh, All right. Keep do we, on flipping, slipping, we'll, slipping. We'll hold off on the FSU math, I guess, right? We can I don't want to hear this math. No. no. You want it? Yeah. How long is it going to take? It'll take two minutes. I can go through it quickly yeah. here. Let's do hear it, it. now. Well, you're not going to tease these people all the entire show and then get right. out of here. All right. We'll give we'll it to them. Of fans will never listen to us again if you don't give them this Now, math. let me ask you a prereq before you do it. Yes. Yes. Is this actually rational and could happen, or are you just blowing shit up? No, I, I, I'm serious. This is these okay. are all guys that have been to Florida State or are having conversation, reportedly having conversations. With okay, State. go ahead. All right, these are the four guys. You ready? Jeremiah Smith, who I guess has basically said now he's going to take his last official visit to Florida State before he signs. Uh, of course, he's committed to Ohio State, the number one player in the country. Cameron Coleman, who's committed to Texas A&M. Obviously, you know what's going on with the Aggies. Uh, Kai Bates, another top 100 recruit, just decommitted from LSU. He plays in Orlando, um, home of SeaWorld, by the way. Um, he thinks very highly of the Seminoles and could be flipping there too. And then uh, I think the last one is LJ McCray, who I mentioned earlier. So those four guys are top 100 players, four top 100 players. If they all flipped Ari, uh, FSU would go up to 27 commitments. I think they would have five five stars. And they would have 312.28 points. Right now, Georgia, by flipping uh, the kid they got from uh, Florida, Nazir Johnson, they're at 315 points, but they're at 28 commitments. So you do the math. They're within three points of Georgia. So Georgia has to have, has to lose some kids. They could lose one or, you know, maybe Florida State adds somebody else too. I mean, if they, if they go up. But right now, Florida State would have, with those four guys flipping to FSU, They'd have 27 commitments. Georgia would have 28, and they'd be three points behind Georgia for number two. So it's not crazy. I'm rooting for you so hard. <laughs> Are you worried? No, no. I mean, it's we'll see. If every single thing that happens goes Florida State's way perfectly and nothing good happens to anybody else, they could win it. That's what yes. I heard. Yeah. Well, they're number three right now, dude. Like, that's, you know, everybody who said I was crazy, I just want to say... Maybe I wasn't. That's all. <laughs> hey, what's that Drake song? Laugh now, cry later. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Hey, do you guys want a trivia? Do we end it on trivia? Yes. Yes. Grace, Grace was so excited when I say, do you want to end not it on trivia? Shit either. Grace is going to do all of it. <laughs> I don't even know what the question could be. That's not fair. All right. Because I did all this damn research. She um, had the spreadsheets. You should do trivia every week anyway, because you have all the research done. <laughs> You're right. I saw his I saw his spreadsheets, Grace, when I sat next to him at the Florida Georgia game. They're and amazing. It was like, amazing is one way to put it. <laughs> I've seen them. I've been on There's like no way sure? you weren't taking drugs while putting those together. I don't know how a human being can do that. <laughs> That's what the thing I admire most about you, Manny, is like your organization research num like mm -hmm. Mitch and I always joke. I have like math dyslexia. I just can't do basic math that well anymore. And your numbers are incredible. And well, uh, my biggest weakness is like not being able to keep track of my emails or 
like the whole like registering into health benefits and stuff. Like I don't know how to like do Google Docs. All this stuff like is way over my head. I just like to type on my keyboard. Um, so like the fact that you have like your whole life together on your computer and it's like all organized and this is Amazing. this category is bold and stuff is like I don't have anything. Like I'm yeah, I'm gonna make like will you make my wedding spreadsheet? Can I just like send you? <laughs> okay, here's how I need you to fill it out. I, I just, how many five stars are coming? <laughs> that is a loaded question. <laughs> we got the bride is one. That's right. She is. There's no question. All the family, you know. Got a couple preferred walk-ons. Just kidding. <laughs> Dabo coming? No. <laughs> no, he's not invited. Um, all right. So I got your question. would be in God's name, image, and likeness, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm getting married in church. The funniest tweet I've ever seen in my entire life, and I don't even remember who did it, was a picture of Dabo Sweeney holding his arms out at a press conference. And the tweet was a made-up quote, and the made-up quote was, NIL this, NIL that. Everyone wants to talk about NIL, but let me tell you who is N-I-A-L-E-E-D to the cross. And I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, man. <laughs> N-A-I-L-E-D to the cross. All right, Cam, we got music for this trivia question? Cause yeah, we're come like, on. Let's get-, let's get it over with. So, All right, here we look. Look at that. Oh, wow. All right, guys. So this is just right, the, <laughs> this is just the 2024 recruiting class. No history okay. like Mitch likes to make us do every now and then. All okay. right, there are five Power Five programs who have at least three number one ranked players from a state on its commi- commitment list. One has four, and the other four have three. Can you <laughs> name them? Georgia, Ohio State. Ohio State is number one on the list. Um, I don't even know what the question is. Georgia's one of them? Georgia's one of them, yes. uh, Florida State? Nope. Um, wait, can you repeat the question again? These, these schools... Spying time. These five power five schools (laughs) have at least three number one ranked players from a state. So if that... From a state, okay. From a state, the top recruit in that state. Okay, so would Florida be one? Nope. Oregon's one. Nope. Oregon is one. It's not Texas. Not, not, not according to the list that I put together here. Oh, they have Elijah Rushing out of Arizona. They've got Aiden Breland from California, and they have Braden Platt from Washington. I don't know what they are in the in the composite, but I thought they were all number one. If they have, if they were the number one player in their state, then then yes, they're not, not. I just okay. I went and looked. It's not okay. So th- we've got two you, of the five already. Two, two uh, of the five. Yes, Florida State and Georgia. I, and I'll and I'll tell you, two of them are Big Ten schools, and one of them's an SEC school. Two are Big Ten, one. Ohio State. Did we State one? You said Ohio State already and Georgia. I'm not counting those. I'm saying of the last three that are remaining. Penn State one? Nope. Michigan? Nope. Uh, Weird ass state is are they getting these players out of? You guys well, give this up? This is a good question. No, this I don't give up. <laughs> giving up? What do I look like? A sap? The other one is, is Alabama one? Nope. These are Power 5 programs. Penn State or Michigan? It's a Big Ten school? Yes, that's a surprising part of this question. They've got three number one players. Nope. They've got three number one players from other states. Or counting, it could even count their own state as well. Like the current Big Ten, not the new one? The current Big Ten. 
I don't know, man. I'm stumped. Hold I have on, no wait, idea. Hold on, wait. No, Ari. Now we have to do this What on Big principle. Ten team could it be? It's not if Ohio, it's Ohio State, it's, State it's, Michigan, or Penn State. Who else could it be? It's not Wisconsin. It's They're not Wisconsin either. Team. You guys are going to love this answer. You ready for it or no? No, hold on. I want to keep going. You want to keep going. Grace doesn't I mean, want to give up. We've already named half the conference. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm tapping out right now. I'm just trying to think who it could possibly be if it's not one of those three. Last guess, last Grace. Guess. I don't know. Nebraska? You got you got one of them, Ari. Nebraska's one of them. Nebraska they has. Have, they, because they recruit states that don't have highly ranked players. They probably have got, Iowa, Nebraska, and someone else, right? They've got Hawaii, Montana, and Nebraska. They've got the number one players in those states. Uh, Ohio. Just to answer the question, Ohio State has the number one player in Florida, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Georgia has the number one player in Georgia, Virginia, and New Jersey. And then the last two schools, Minnesota. They've got Minnesota, North Dakota, and Wisconsin, the top it's players cheating. in those states. It's cheating. That's why. And then they're Texas. going up into the Fargo area and getting the only player, the number one player in that in that state's probably ranked 731. Like it doesn't count. Like having the number one player in the state of North Dakota is like having the fastest go kart in an F1 race. Like, uh, Gavin Bear from sport. South Dakota is legit, though. Yes, exactly. See, every now and then Don't you get. Don't hate us. on the Dakotas, Ari. I'm, there's no talent there. And the last team is Texas A&M with three. They got wow. the number one player in Alabama, Louisiana, and the state of Washington. How many of those How are they going to keep? Talk yeah, about exactly. good job. Yeah. Jeez. So Old there you go, guys. That was a really good question. Mitch? That is a good question. If you're listening to this on your flight, that was a good question. <laughs> All right. Um, Ari, right, I know you got to close the show and you're going to do your thing, but Thanksgiving is next week and we are not having a show. I just want our listeners to know that. There, there will be no Stars Matter next week, but we will be back because Cam Molina... He can't go two consecutive weeks without hearing Mitch's voice. So he said we got to do a show after Thanksgiving. So there you go. Oh, we're waiting for me now? <laughs> like, or, uh... or I could ask you a Thanksgiving question. Uh, Ari, you want that first? Yeah. I got to clean your... this house here soon, so we got to wrap this up. My what, wife's what are coming your, home and what she are your two me. favorite sides? What are your two favorite sides on Thanksgiving and what's your go-to dessert? Um, I'm not a big dessert person, so I don't have strong opinions about dessert. But the two sides for Thanksgiving are undeniably macaroni and cheese and stuffing. And I don't think that stuffing is the best thing. I think that mashed potatoes are generally better, mm-hmm. but stuffing is Thanksgiving. Like there is no holiday without stuffing. It's cream spinach and macaroni and cheese for me with cherry pie as a dessert. Grace, what are you, what are you doing? Mashed potatoes, like stuffing, apple pie. Okay. Good stuff. How do you right, know mashed potatoes on yours, Ari? That's crazy. Because <laughs> stuffing was on there where it belongs. Mashed potatoes. And like best. macaroni and cheese is certainly uh certainly better than mashed potatoes. Um <laughs> this is the one year anniversary of when Scott Dockerman answered a very similar question and said cottage <laughs> cheese. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> Andy and I, like it's t- like we were both sitting there like this. What? You just said, cottage cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Who's got cottage cheese Thanksgiving? I've never heard of anything like that. He's the best. And they found like Thanksgiving menus from like random restaurants in Iowa. And like, I guess it's a thing. I don't know. I just, it's banana land. Okay, guys. Uh, Mitch, we miss you. Hope you have a wonderful trip. Thank you so much for listening to the latest edition of Until Saturday. Stars Matter edition. We will get you guys in two weeks.
Take care.